Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Monday, September 9, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Bahamians displaced by Hurricane Dorian are being denied entry into the United States. And the thug-in-chief actually says we must keep the drug dealers. And what did I play for you what this idiot had to say? But it goes to show you how callous of a man that he is. Leading issues that concern black women in 2019 are criminal justice and policing reform will break down the results of a new poll. Speaking of that, Senator Kamala Harris, she released her criminal justice plan today. Will it pass muster? We'll break that down. Also, another report shows that the most abused group of people online are black women and women of color. 
Also uh, on the show, a University of Alabama dean resigned because of tweets about race. Alabama says that wasn't the case. Plus, remembering Joan Johnson, the co-founder of Johnson Products. And I got to talk about this with our panel. A sister online today, actually, on social media, actually said that um, if you're a brother and you invite her for coffee, that's not acceptable enough. You must take her out to dinner. Really? Really? Ooh, I can't wait to talk about this with our panel. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin on the filter. Let's go. stunning video uh, came out last night. Dozens of displaced residents of the Bahamas hoping to find refuge in the United States were kicked off a ferry headed to Florida on Sunday night. As we've been reporting, parts of the Bahamas were devastated as Hurricane Dorian lashed the country last week. Hundreds of residents are still missing and authorities have said that it could take months to tally the dead. Now, the number, of course, right now stands at 43. 43, but folks, that didn't stop the crew, the United States crew, from making this announcement. Said you come into the USA, you are going to have problems. So please, all passengers that don't have U.S. visa, please proceed to disembark. Now, for the longest, of course, individuals uh, from the Bahamas did not have to have a U.S. visa. All they needed simply was their passport and a police report. Peter Vasquez, a yacht broker in Fort Lauderdale, who's been delivering aid to the Bahamas daily, said he has been bringing storm survivors back to South Florida, and they had no problems. The people were not required, again, to have a visa, but they did have to check in upon landing, where they were processed by custom officials, according to uh, Vasquez. Also... Um, uh, Donald Trump uh, spoke out today on this and uh, talk about just, I mean, beyond idiotic, uh, what he had to say. Let me pull this video up for you guys uh, so you can hear what he actually had to say. Uh, and it goes to show you again what kind of person uh, we're dealing with uh, in the White House where he, where he literally, <laughs> first of all, again, y'all, just go to the video. It did get hit, not as hard as we anticipated. And you look at Georgia, you look at South Carolina, North Carolina. I'm going to North Carolina right now, North Carolina, to have a rally for Dan Bishop. But before I go to the rally, we're going to be stopping at one of the sites that got hit very hard by the hurricane. So we're also recovering from a hurricane. But we have to be very careful. Everybody needs totally proper documentation because the look the the uh, Bahamas had some tremendous problems with people going to the Bahamas that weren't supposed to be there I don't want to allow people that weren't supposed to be in the Bahamas to come in to the United States including some very bad people and some very bad gang members and some very very bad drug dealers 
So we are going to be very, very strong in that. Let me, let me just explain. Large sections, believe it or not, of the Bahamas were not hit. And what we're doing is bringing the people to those sections of the Bahamas that have not been hit. We've done a lot of the uh, USA aid. We've done a lot of work with our Coast Guard, with our FEMA people who have been phenomenal. I mean, they have been phenomenal. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, talking about idiotic. Uh, listen to him even, even talk. Uh, it's just crazy. Let's go to our panel. Uh, Chandra Jefferson, Democratic strategist. Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for environmental justice EPA. Also, Dr. Avis Jones, the Weaver political analyst, leadership strategist. Um, now, his comments came after you had a White House official who said that we are going to allow folks from the Bahamas to come in for humanitarian reasons. What this is, this is a person led also by Stephen Miller. It is abundantly clear they do not want black people in this country. Let's extend it. They don't want any non-white person, whether you're Muslim, Hispanic. I mean, people are coming, who want to come here for humanitarian reasons, and that's not good enough for Trump. And I take huge offense at him saying that there are people who weren't supposed to be there, like what, you have ISIS taking refuge in the Bahamas before a major hurricane so that they can try to come into the United States? His reasoning, there's no logic to his reasoning other than that he does not want to help people who don't look like him. Absolutely. I mean, this is someone, first of all, he's a psychopath. I, I really believe that he does not have the capacity for human emotion. Uh, he's also narcissistic. He does not care about anyone other than himself. And right now, the Bahamas, it, actually, this type of response plays well for him, for his base. Let's just be very clear about yeah. this. This is a political strategy here. Uh, and, and thirdly, I mean, he's just someone who um, is, I would just say, evil. Honestly, he, he really is. This yeah. is another example of this. Th I mean, th this is evil. If you look at the, just the devastation, the devastation there, and the fact that these people have nowhere else to go, it is not enough space in, in the Bahamas that, were not, that was not hit. Well, but here's what really transferred so stupid when, you, when he says, well, you know, a lot of places in the Bahamas that, that, that weren't hit, okay, that's no different than when a hurricane hits Florida mm -hmm. right. or hits uh, Louisiana, okay, there are 49 other states not impacted, uh, but it doesn't mean that somehow that's really no big deal. Right. The reality is uh, Freeport is the second largest city in the Bahamas. Right. Grand Abaco, the third largest. Mm -hmm. And so Nassau had some flooding, wasn't hit as bad. We're talking about 900, 1,000 homes wiped out. Literally, uh, I was uh, talking to uh, a friend who uh, was from the Bahamas, and uh, she says all throughout her Facebook page is RIP, RIP, RIP. The mm. official death toll is 43. Yeah, yeah they She said started. there's far more RIPs on my Facebook page yeah. than 43. And was I want to listen to this, to this idiot, mm -hmm. again, th this is his basic response to people of color. Mexico sending rapists and gang dealers, mm -hmm. now drug dealers and gang, gang members from the Bahamas. It, it's a continuation of framing people of color as less than human. I've worked a lot of natural disasters and man-made disasters, and people were always invited in to, to make sure, you know, they were processed, but people have always come in. So what this really is is about a, a racist immigration policy that's broken and needs to be fixed. It is also about climate apartheid, where we separate and segregate individuals um, and, and put this tiering system in of who gets in. 
And a great example would be the storm also went up the coast and came over to Newfoundland. So imagine if the people in Newfoundland had to come to America, yeah. do you think that they would be turned away? And the other thing, too, is for people to have the forethought to actually have their passports after going through where 70,000 people are homeless right now because yeah. their homes have been destroyed, to be able to have the forethought to have that documentation and then be able to get on the boat and think you're finally going to go to a place where you can actually get a drink of water, where your children will be able to rest and not be afraid of what's happening, and then to be turned away, those 130 people who were turned away, that speaks to the inhumanity of this administration and their lack of understanding of why you need to have strong climate policies thought out and a part of this is a part of the devastation that happens of making sure that when people are fleeing from the impacts that the process will get them in. But I don't even think he's paying attention to what's going on in this country. You know, what's going on in the Bahamas. I don't think he fundamentally cares. Oh, of course no, not. No, of course not. Right. And that speaks to the issue of you saying that this man has no empathy. Right. For him, this is a foreign country inhabited by black folks. He don't care. Absolutely. He, and there is no political gain. There is nothing for him to get of actually caring other than just a basic human response. Because remember, for Donald Trump, everything is about personal and political gain. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and I would just say, just to your point also about this is specifically a racialized standpoint, there are over a half a million white, undocumented immigrants in this country right now. Yep. I have not heard one peep out of this White House about trying to round them up and get them out or put in any sort of barriers in terms of their future. Doesn't want to. They're white. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Nothing. He wants more people from Norway. Yeah. Absolutely. And they passed the buck. So just like with Sharpie Gate, when after he got <laughs> caught up in that God. and said, you know, he didn't do it and all this other kind of thing, you see the same thing. So now CPB is actually saying that it was the ferryman who actually made it. So they continue to, to pass the buck and not make sure that they are being held accountable. First of all, um, these folks lie. I, yes. I, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I don't take anything that they say as truthful. True. I assume anything that we hear from the Trump administration is a lie, unless proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because you don't say innocent to proven guilty. No, for them they're guilty to proven innocent. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They lie about a whole bunch of stuff, and that's why uh, that's what you're dealing with here. But again, Stephen Miller, yep. Trump, all these folks. They want this to be a white country. Yeah. The reality is, if you look at their policies, <coughs> they do not like the fact that we are moving towards a nation becoming a majority people of color country. This is what their policy is. This is what the Republican Party wants. They want this to remain, as long as possible, a white country because the demographics do not align with their politics. Right. That is the reality of what's going on here, and let's just not even confuse it with anything else, folks. All right, it's going to go to a break. Uh, we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the Essence poll breaking down black women and who they are supporting this presidential campaign, but also there's a whole bunch of work candidates, to do, candidates have to do to reach more of those sisters. We'll explain this coming up next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Why is it on? 
All right, folks, let's talk about 420 Real Estate here. Uh, of course, uh, marijuana, of course, continues to grow as a uh, legal uh, product all across the country. And our good friends at MarijuanaStock.org have already reached more than half of their funding goal in, uh, for the hemp CBD investment. That's right. If you want to take advantage of this great opportunity, you need to uh, do it right now because it won't last much longer. Now, if you don't know, I'm talking about the hemp plant, the good cousin to marijuana, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Also, if you don't know, hemp farming is now legal in the United States, creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. It's just an incredible investment opportunity, and that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action again as hemp continues to change the economic landscape. Uh, 420 Real Estate is allowing you to chase the American dream, and the best part, you can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as $200. That's right, 200 up to 10,000. Now, again, you must get in before the fund closes to invest. Go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org. You can get in the game and do it now. All right, folks, this year is the fifth year that the Black Women's Roundtable has conducted the power of the sister vote poll to get an idea of the political concerns and opinions of black women across the country. Nearly 95% of the women polled plan to vote in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, joining me to talk about what their top priorities are as they head into the polls is Melanie Campbell, convener of the Black Women's Roundtable and president and the CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation. So let's, all right, let's break down uh, this poll here. Uh, and at the top of the poll, uh, you're talking about uh, the survey. Uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. What is surprising to people is, again, the fact that the only black woman who's in the race, Senator Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. is sitting in fourth position. Mm -hmm. um, wh what do you think? Uh, so, so, so uh, break it down. So what do you make of that in terms of uh, black women, in terms of who they're supporting in this campaign? Well, I think thus it, far. The, I would say thus far. This, uh, the other big piece of this is that over... Twin, the, the, the winner was the, 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 the people who aren't decided. There's 20, the 26% number says a lot. Um, but you have 26% saying they're undecided or didn't want to identify. Uh, one of the things is that Joe Biden has, a, has really has name recognition. I still believe that's a big part of it. I think black women are also showing that we're still shopping um, when it comes to uh, the fact that there's no one candidate that has a lock on black women. And so I think for, for candidates uh, need to take heed on that and know that they have, they're going to have, whether that's Kamala Harris or any, anybody else. And I'll say this, polls are polls. With this, and we won't know for sure. Snapshot in time. Stars. Exactly. Well, it's, all, it's, it's a snapshot in time, but what we, what we, what we are looking at, though, uh, is, again, uh, for black folks, extremely, look, smart voters, black women, uh, the most loyal base for the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. is also about winning. This is about winning. And I think a lot of people don't quite understand that. I go back to 1984 when Reverend Jesse Jackson mm -hmm. ran. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were saying, okay, why weren't major civil rights leaders and others supporting Reverend Jackson? Because they said they want to beat Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, th so this, is, this is not a surprise in terms of how black folks are making strategic decisions as to what black women are saying, who I am supporting for president. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, Joe Biden is still winning at this point, but there are also a larger field of candidates. Normally, the Democratic Party kind of leans into one or two people also. So you're talking about, you know, this field started at 20, and now it's down to, you know, the, the, the top 10 that's been decided by the party, necessarily. So I don't think that's it. I mean, Ava, that's, that's true. Yeah. First of all, I, I don't really think it's a, it's a large field. Frankly, I think this race is really, right now, it's seven people. 
I mean, the, look, the, the, look, the, look. That's the, still the, a big look. field. Well, uh, but I mean, if, if, you, if, you actually, if you actually go back to 2008, seven to nine is about your number. Mm -hmm. I, look, you look, you got, look. In this survey, Cooley and Castro is getting a lesser percentage than Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah a lot so, more. So the bottom line is, it, it, I, I, I've I never considered, if you down there at one and two, to me, you ain't in this. <laughs> no, I'm just serious. I'm just, yeah, I'm seriously. That's just, that's, that's just me. Hey, Amos, go ahead. When this, when this survey was put together, though, at the time that this was out in the field, it included all 20-plus candidates. Yes. So okay. it is more dispersed mm -hmm. um, than it is right now in terms of who's left to debate this week. Um, but, you know, what, what I found very interesting, though, I think is the, is the major point that both of you made at the very beginning here. We have 95% of black women who, who are saying we are committed to voting in 2020. Mm, exactly. Yet we have over a, a quarter of them, over one in four, actually say, I haven't decided whom I'm going to vote yet. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is saying that they want to be courted. Yeah. They are putting a message out to the Democratic candidates. I don't care who you are. My vote is to be earned. Right. It is not mm -hmm. to be taken for granted. And we're still very early in the race. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. You know, mm -hmm. people are now just waking up from summer vacation and figuring, oh, wait, we got a race next year. No vote has been cast in Iowa, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Nevada. Right. We still have a long ways to go. Well, actually, think... this, actually, the map now changes because even before Iowa votes, early voting in California is actually going to begin a month before Iowa even votes. Mm -hmm. So th th this, this, this year's primary is totally different, different from the past primaries where everything started after Iowa. If you're a candidate now, you can actually blow off Iowa and focus on the five or six states after Iowa and still be in this. You can yeah. still be in, but I would be very careful about doing that if I were a candidate because people are still looking at Iowa. That's still like a bellwether yeah. for the quote-unquote Midwest. Mm, I, look, I, I, I think white media is, but I think, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I think it is, but I think that because of the number of candidates, mm -hmm. again, I mean, you, you, you take California. If, I, if I'm Senator Kamala Harris, okay, mm -hmm. and I'm from California, I'm not investing a hell of a whole lot in Iowa because the most important thing, if I'm her, I got to win my home state. That's so true. So, you know what? If, I, if, I, if I'm her and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at, if I get to November mm -hmm. and I get to middle of November and early December and I'm looking at where Iowa is, now I got to make a decision. Do I want to throw a whole bunch of resources into Iowa and come in third or fourth? Or do I want to shift resources and say, fine, y'all can have Iowa, New Hampshire, I'm going to focus on South Carolina, Nevada, California, Florida. And, and that's why I'm saying I think this map is different mm -hmm. where it used to be you can lock up as many of the early states as possible. Right. Like Obama thought if he beat one New Hampshire, the race is over. Right. Look, I think you're going you're gonna to go 20 plus states, 30 states in before, before you, you really, really see and who the last three folks standing. And it's about the delegate count, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and because, and because right. the Democrats have changed the rules because of superdelegates, right. it also it's, changes it's the rules. Go ahead. But no, yeah. I'm actually really excited to see a real race this year because in 2016, when I was at the DNC, we got our arses handed to us because people felt it was a coronation for Hillary Clinton. They didn't feel like there was a real sense of competition there. You know, and that hurt the party. Now we have choices. We have people, I feel like, are forced to look at who do I like? Who speaks to my values? And you're right, black women, we have a chance to be counted and recorded. Yeah, right. and, and, and it didn't just start, this poll is just continuous, continuously showing the, where the space is. Black women are like, We're, you're going to respect yes. our leadership? You're going to respect our vote. So for me, I just see the, 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 this, these numbers as a, a continuation of that theme that's been taking place. 
even before Hillary, quite frankly, yeah. than that, and where we were even in the Obama years and where black we were getting, and then by the time you got to what happened with, 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 with Hillary Clinton in 2016, it was like, okay, and when that 11% drop for the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. that they have yet to, to really regain... That's true. ...that black women see them as the... Um, let's talk about you know, this the, here. ...the most let's important... Let's look at the uh, issues. ...with their issues, uh, carrying their issues. Let's look at the right. issues. Previously, Affordable Care Act was the... Uh, health care mm -hmm. was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at hate crimes and racism. Look yeah. at what's happened in the last three or four yeah. years. Mm -hmm. Also, when you look at some of the other issues, do y'all have the actual graphic... Uh, folks, if you do pull it up, please, of the issues that black women are talking about, mm -hmm. uh, what they care about mm -hmm. uh, in this uh, fifth annual Power of the Vote survey. There we go. Uh, so mm -hmm. racism, race, uh, number one. Yeah. High cost of housing, two. Mm -hmm. uh, gun violence, three. Income inequality, four. But look how low where education is. And again, when you look at uh, how these issues break down, mm -hmm. uh, it really changes, I think, uh, uh, this view. Uh, again, what has happened with these white supremacists, Charlottesville, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you have the, all, uh, we keep doing some of these crazy ass white folks mm -hmm. uh, yeah. who are attacking mm -hmm. people, calling the cops on people. Right. I mean, this is, this is really causing mm -hmm. uh, a change in what uh, these sisters are paying attention to. Absolutely. I mean, really, what rises to the fore because this, what's really important about this question, it specifically says, you know, how do, how do, how, what are the issues that are impacting you specifically and your family specifically? Mm -hmm. So these are issues personal. that they feel very personally. Yeah. They feel attacked. They feel threatened, both in terms of violence, but also in terms of their financial security when they're talking about things like mm -hmm. affordable housing mm -hmm. and inequality, mm -hmm. inequality of pay. So both in terms of how they are feeling safe navigating their spaces right. and how they're feeling safe just navigating their world financially, black women feel imperiled at this moment. I mean, uh, lives are at stake. Right. I mean, right. think about it, you know, healthcare is obviously in a really important issue, but the fact that it's like, you know, dropped out is because we feel our lives are at stake. Right. I have an 11-year-old son. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm worried yeah. about him. Let's go, let's go this here. Black mm -hmm. women identify top challenges threatening U.S. democracy. Uh, and you look, mm -hmm. uh, go to my, uh, you see this here. Mm -hmm. Racism, rise in hate crimes, 85%. Voting rights, voter suppression tactics, 68%. Rollback of civil rights protections, 59%. Uh, Melanie, Republicans made it clear to me uh, that black women hate them more than anybody else. I keep trying to explain to these people, mm -hmm. you keep messing with black people's vote, you're not going to get mm -hmm. their vote. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing. <laughs> this speaks to that, again, and the rollback of civil rights protections. Right. Well, and, and so, in our history in this country, um, we have to be concerned. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, even the issues that when we start talking about protecting our democracy, it's still also, that's why racism was up there. It wasn't, you know, yes, voter suppression, but the number one was race and racism still playing out because of what's happening on the streets every day. Uh, and, and the fact that people uh, are more overt mm -hmm. uh, in our times, not our parents' or grandparents' times, in today's times. And so that reality about what's happening on the streets is real. And so I think that's what part of what's playing out even when you ask the question about what's impacting uh, the democracy in this country and race and racism. And so uh, all across uh, the whole um, uh, poll this year, race, race plays a really critical factor, racism. And then all that ties to what? White nationalism. Yeah. What's the attacks that are being taken place? Even when it came down to gun violence, really, I think, you know, we'd have to go deeper in it, obviously, because I'm not the researcher here, right? <laughs> this is my opinion, right? But the, just understanding that, you know, th this issue, these issues are playing out and race is really, really critical. Absolutely. So, again, I want to go back to, um, again, um, let's, let's pull this up right here. 
uh, if you're, if uh, overall, if you were to vote today, who would you vote for? Um, and actually, I said actually I said fourth, but actually it was third. So overall, so this uh, Joe Biden, 25 percent, Kamala Harris, 15 percent, Elizabeth Warren, 12 percent, Bernie Sanders, 10 percent. Then Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Andrew Yang, Donald Trump is at one percent. Castro, Buddha Judge, Kirsten Gillibrand, De Blasio, all the rest of them people. But the, but if you first of all, Castro and Buddha Judge still in the race below Donald Trump on black yeah. people, that should be a concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to talk about mm-hmm. Senator Harris at 12 percent. Okay, excuse me, 15 percent. First of all, that's only three percent ahead of Elizabeth Warren, only five percent ahead of Bernie Sanders. Uh, that to me, I'm going to bring Mustafa in this conversation as well. Um, this is a very, if perilous time for her campaign because to be the person who she should be most concerned about is not Biden. It's really Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth, Senator Elizabeth Warren is making inroads among black women. And here's, I think, what this does. And I'm going to go start with Mustafa and I'm going to come down the line here. Here's what this does. If Senator Harris is not able to garner a significant portion of that 26%, not only does it put her uh, chance to win the, the nomination in jeopardy, I think it also imperils her from even being the VIP nominee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your thoughts? No, that's exactly right. I mean, and, you know, we mm-hmm. let, let's talk about the VIP second. So there is no reason why Senator Harris has not locked up the black vote, the black women's vote. Um, you know, she has all of the sororities who... Some of them know her. Not, not all of them. First of all, she's an AK, so she, she doesn't have AK. all of them. That's, yeah, that's true. she has that's my true. sorority. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, <laughs> there is some familiarity that's there. Let me say it that way. So I think that the difference is, and I've been out there, I've had a chance to talk with almost all the candidates except for Klobuchar, and that Senator Warren actually shows up. She's she in lots she of does. places. She mm-hmm. spends time. Mm-hmm. When we were at the NAACP, that the presidential um, uh, primary, yep. I actually watched her afterwards. And I've told this story before where she said to folks, she said, I'm going to be in 46A and B, you know. Right. And she actually stayed there for an hour and a half. She talked to everybody. There were 100 people who were in line, and she spent the time. So for me, that's an example of how all the candidates should right. be actually connecting mm-hmm. with folks. Melanie, is not, first of all, is not surprised that uh, a Harris or Booker don't have the black vote locked up because let's keep in mind, 2007, at this very point, mm-hmm. Obama was down more than 20 points to Senator Hillary Clinton, did not have the black vote locked up. Black yeah. folks were like, all right, let's see if white folks are going to mm-hmm. vote for you. Mm-hmm. And his fortunes changed when mm-hmm. he won Iowa. Right. That's what actually what happened there, okay? But- so to me, I think when you look at these numbers, again, again, go back to the graphic, please. Uh, other prefer not to answer is 26%. Biden's at 25%. If you are a candidate, you have lots of room to grow. Mm-hmm. But the reality is this here. If you are Senator Harris, if you are Senator Warren, if you are Senator Bernie Sanders, and you do not get a significant chunk of these black women's vote, you cannot win the nomination. Oh, that's a fact. I mean, black women, we are the drivers. We are that. I I mean, first of all, bl- bl- black folks women, across the board, right. but among African Americans, if you can't get black women's vote, you, you right. ain't got a shot. 
And you don't. And that's just the reality. So that, and that's why we say black women are still shopping. So people, every candidate, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, and everybody has an opportunity, but they're going to have to earn it and work hard for it because there are some things that happened, you know, even under President Obama's era that we didn't get. We never got the, the black woman Supreme Court, you know, right. uh, nomination. Yeah. There are things that, we, and so we're going to shop. It's not, it's not, not just your color by any means. It's about who is going to address the issues of concern that we have. So we're. Black folks are pragmatic about our oh, vote. God, yeah. But black women, we drive the vote because we, we, we don't just show up. We bring our, our significant others with us. And that's what that when I say secret sauce. So folks got time, work, do what they need to do, work hard, spend <laughs> the money, respect our vote. That's the bottom line. And then I say follow black women if you want to win. Mm -hmm. Avis, uh, I bet the first was overall. Don't let me yeah. go to pull up the, down the, the 1834. Yeah, they're a little different. Now, mm -hmm. this is different. Go to the graphic, mm -hmm. please. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, other preferred not to answer, 26.9%. Sure. Uh, Bernie Sanders, 18.9%. Kamala Harris, 17.1%. Elizabeth Warren, 13.7%. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, 10.3%. Now, among 1834, Joe Biden's at 10%. Mm -hmm. Overall is among 20, 26%. Now, let me say this, Avis, and this is, this is, again, I've said this story numerous times. If you're 1834, you're millennial, you're Gen Z, uh, and, and you think you're all of that, this doesn't mean a damn thing if you don't go vote. The, right. re the, the reality is, and that's why I don't care what none of y'all say, and y'all can say, well, you wrong being 50. No, you wrong. The reality is here, black people 50 and over vote. That's true. That's in significant numbers. Mm -hmm. And if you're Joe Biden, and if you're sitting here saying, I need to win the nomination, I am not going to be spending lots of time talking to some 18, 34-year-old people because the reality, the numbers don't lie. The people who are going to go out there in South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Illinois, I can go down the line, will be older black people. I keep trying to tell these damn millennials and these Gen Zers, if y'all want to have an impact on politics, running your mouth and tweeting and posting on Instagram ain't it. That's it has to be in the numbers. You got to actually vote. Absolutely, you have to vote. But and, it, and it's an unfortunate thing because it's almost like a chicken and the egg problem, right? Because, you know, if they're not being courted, then they're going to say, "Well, why should I vote for you? Like yeah. nobody cares." And then it just continues to, to sort of spiral out, no. out of control. So that's a problem. Another very interesting thing with me, to me, for the the millennial findings there is that Cory Booker plummets. As you can see, he goes He's all at 1. the way down 7 to percent Exactly. Overall, he was at 4%. Absolutely. And so, and, and, and also interesting was that Kamala's numbers actually went up slightly among millennials, among millennials as compared yeah. to black women overall, which really surprised me given a lot so of the So among 1834, she's at 17.1%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then overall, she's at 15%. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So that really surprised me given all of the pushback she's been getting around her prosecutorial past. Yeah. Um, but the, the bottom line is, in terms of your other question around why aren't the black candidates doing a little bit better, I think another slice at this Mel hit it brilliantly when she said about how the disappointments, quite frankly, that many of us still feel following the Obama administration about those things that didn't happen that perhaps one of many of us wish had happened. And I believe that the next black candidates, and these are the first ones to sort of test that water after him, are going to have a harder um, 
they're going to have a harder time gaining the trust of black people than he did because they will say, a lot of us say, well, you know, we, we voted, we hoped, we expected, we, we got you in office not once but twice. Uh, and though there were many things that happened, there were a lot of things that didn't. And we see other communities in some circumstances seem to be more directly addressed uh, and more publicly addressed than ours. And so this next um, group of black candidates, and I, frankly, I believe every black candidate that comes after him is going to work, have to work even harder Look, to get the black vote. Deshondra, I, any of these black candidates, I don't want to hear great. none of that. That's great. You know why? Because had they actually listened to my damn show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. Y'all can go, you can go pull the tape. I said from the third year to the eighth year, I kept saying, listen up. The next black person running for president will not have the same runway oh, as Obama did. Mm -hmm. All these people kept telling me why you hate. I said, I'm trying to tell y'all. Yeah. And even and see, see, this is the mistake. This is the mistake that all these people keep making, is that they they mistake black folks' love and affection for the Obamas, and thinking that that translated also to the policy piece. Mm -hmm. While it was happening. Mm -hmm. Pro and see, this, this, was, this was one of the problems here. One of the problems is, is that black leadership wanted to press harder. Black folks wouldn't let them. That's yeah, true. Because black that's people true. That is true. penalized oh, black Lord, leadership. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, 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 can go to, I can do a roll call Amen with to that one. But, but so then what happens is, after eight years, then folks was like, folks was like, oh my God, what in the hell happened? Because it came down to also hardcore policy. And I kept making the point. Mm -hmm. And for African Americans, we focused on him being the first mm -hmm. black president and not the 44th. Mm. And so for these candidates, now let me, I'm gonna get your thoughts on this. So here's to me, I believe the mistake that Senator Booker made and Senator Kamala Harris made. Okay, I want to get your thoughts on this. So here's, I think, the mistake that they made. Senator Cory Booker was thinking about the presidency the moment he won the United States Senate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I was Senator Cory Booker, and I'm the only, even I got a black man in the, in the White House, mm -hmm. and I'm the uncle, let's just, let me just go get, get real raw with y'all, okay? Obama wasn't doing black conventions. Mm -hmm. let, me just, let me just go ahead and just help y'all out. Truth. Mm. President Obama only spoke at one black convention a year. If y'all want me to do a roll call, I'll do a roll call. Okay? Mm. Senator Cory Booker should have said, all right, I'm a, I'm a lockdown black America. Mm -hmm. I'm going to NABJ, a NBA. I'm going to the dental, to dentist folks. I'm going to the National Medical Association. I'm hitting everybody. I'm hitting black men's groups. I'm hitting black radio. I'm everywhere. Senator Kamala Harris, when she got elected, mm -hmm. what she should have done, she should have said, I'm hitting every black women's group in the first two years of me being United States Senator. I'm hitting everybody. Because she's running for president the moment yeah. she won the United States Senate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took her nine months mm -hmm. to do my TV One show. And I call her people out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we the only black show. I was thinking you nine months. Why am I saying that? Because had they done that, black folks would have heard them, mm -hmm. speaking, touched them, 
felt them, and they would have had them Booker several years and Harris only about two and a half years before they decided to run for president. They're now seeing the results of not doing that, and that's, I think, what it lagging behind. Because Go ahead. they took our vote for granted just like everyone else. Yes, I mean, yes. Wait, hold on, let's face no. Yeah. I think they chose, actually, I think they thought running the Obama game plan right. would work a second time when if they had listened, we said, don't use that playbook because it only works one time. Well, the novelty <laughs> of having the first black president has more and all. Yes. But I do think that they have... Mm. It, 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 and we live in the backlash. I'm black, too. Yes. I'm Cory Booker. You know, I'm black, too. And it's like, no, we're not going to just come for you because you look like us. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have a relationship with us. You're right. You haven't gone to NABJ or Urban League or anything else. We want to know who you are. We want to hear from you before you step out into the main stage. Well, I would say too, but I would also say, too, because a lot of that... I won't say they went to everything, but I, I ran into Cory Booker and, and, and no, no, it's no, both no, of them. I, I, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about... I'm talking about you know, having a, not just the conventions. What I'm yeah, really yeah, talking about yeah. is, which they, they, which they did, no, no, no. They did not maximize black radio. Mm -hmm. Look, I have a, I have the news segment on Tom Jordan Morning Show. I can tell you, I, if you want to come on Tom Jordan Morning Show as a politician, it was my segment. Mm -hmm. I can tell you on one hand how many times in the last 11 years wow. they did Joiner. And what I'm saying is. If that was your plan, if that was your plan, I'm sitting there going, all right, black people get the information from where? Black radio. I would have, I, I, Roland would if I'm Senator Booker or Senator Harris, I would have been like, look, I'm coming on Tom Joyner, Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley, Erica Campbell, Baston, Hughley, also, I'm coming on once every three months. See, I, that, that way, you're hearing me, because even though you're a United States Senator, I ain't from New Jersey or California, so I ain't really seeing you. Right. That, so th that's what I mean by working and saturating so you take the organizations and black media. Oh, now, two, three, four years in, when you announce, we've heard you. We know you. Right. We know you. We've, we've like touched you. you. We trust you. We've seen you. Now you're not starting, because the reality is, in many ways, Melody, they were starting from the same position as Buddha Judge, as O'Rourke, as the rest of the candidates. Mm -hmm. So now, now you've got to really work for it versus had you put that work in when you were U.S. Senator. That, that, to me, I, I just think that's playing a huge role when I see these numbers. But see, I know, I think that's taking us... I think that's taking us... Hold on, they got to put it in. That, I really think that in some, some ways that's taking the black vote for granted. They think it's going to be automatic. Here I am, a black candidate... I'm coming before you. I need you to support me, just like you supported Obama. They haven't put in the work because they haven't been thinking about us in that way. And now that they're stepping on the main stage, well, they're disappointed. I, I think, Santiago, again, I think when you, you yeah. cannot... I keep... The Obama playbook. Right. Toss it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not going to work again. It's and not. It didn't work after people tried to use that playbook after Obama won and ran for certain seats. In 2016, yeah. Call, call out folks' names. I will. Our, <laughs> I, I will. Arturo Davis yeah. tried that bullshit in Alabama. <laughs> got his ass whacked. See, Melly. See, Melly want to be all. She, you know, She's she. Coalition I, I, builder. Yeah, she coalition builder. <laughs> I ain't building no coalition. <laughs> I, I, I'm giving to y'all. I'm giving to y'all raw, uncut, unfiltered. <laughs> the reality is what you, you have... Y'all, this is the most basic thing in the world, okay? Right. I'm just going to use media. This ain't no different. Mm -hmm. I've been gone, so I, my, I left CNN in April 2013.
We six years out. I still got my black base. Why? Because I cultivated my black base right. while I was there. Right. Right. I didn't leave TV One mm-hmm. when I joined CNN. Mm-hmm. I stayed with TV One. Yep. I don't care who you are. Always right. lock down your base. That's right. Because your base is what you build on. You don't try to build over here. You got to lock down your base. The entire Democratic Party needs to learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just be real. Yeah, the entire, not, not the entire but, Democratic Party. But we know we need to understand what is our base because we keep chasing these disenfranchised white voters. We keep right. They're not the people. base. They are our base. We <laughs> need exactly. to let them go. Yeah, let God. And the reason this, yeah. this, and the reason this, uh, this survey is important is because Melody, it's about numbers. And see, this is the mistake again people make. If you say Democrats will get 90% of the black vote, no. The issue is not will you get 90%. How many is how many. Right. That's right. That, and, that's, and that's a fact. 2.4% drop like, in vote. 2016. But yeah. we're not going to do that extra step. Can you increase yeah. the... Can right. you Can, get us to overperform? Overperforming is beyond what, what, what's normal. Right. right. And so, in 2016, we showed up, but, you know, Folks can say whatever. You know, I was on the nonpartisan side. I'm just saying, in Florida, I was there. Not enough was done. That's a fact. Oh, I... I so a lot of... You know, I four quarter was not done, taken care of. I, uh, and, and, and who lost... Some oh, folks the, lost the, that I four quarter, those who know Florida. There's a template for success in our mm-hmm. communities, and people know it. If you are a great comedian, you work the circuit. Yeah. And people get to know you, mm-hmm. and then whenever you blow up, they come and support you. They'll pay that fifty, seventy, hundred dollar right. ticket, that type of thing. Great singers, they work the circuit. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Great preachers, they work the circuit. Yeah. So with our community, you got to work the circuit. And if you're not willing to show up, then you're not going to get our vote. And it's just that simple. And yeah. so, and then when you talk about again how you how you like, for, so you, let's go back to the survey here. Uh, and let me go. So let's go uh, Go back to my iPad. Let me go back to the overall number here. So you take right now, you take a Pete Buttigieg, okay, who's at 0.6%. The reality is this right here. Now, I just saw a story a moment ago uh, where a number of, of, of ambassadors who supported Obama, they're backing Buttigieg. Uh, you have, uh, you have uh, uh, Nicole Avant, who's one of the ambassadors, ambassadors to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earlier, uh, you know, he's got folks who raise the money there. But again, candidates like that, it's like, Doc, y- y- at the end of the day, you can sound great, you can get all the praise you want from mainstream media, but you're going to have... If you're a Buddha judge, you can't have an event at the Harold Washington Cultural Center in Chicago. And it's packed with white folks from Hyde Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, no. I'm, no, but it, it, now granted, if you're a Buddha judge, if you're a Buddha judge, that's when you gotta call a staff meeting and say, yo, yeah. Where are the what the hell y'all doing? <laughs> I can't be at the Harold Washington Cultural Center. <laughs> okay. In Bronzeville, and it's lines of white folks from Hyde Park. I mean, and that's and that's where and that's one. Of the, so Buddha Judge he hired Brandon Neal, yeah. okay. And I can tell you right now, I talked within the first forty-eight hours, Brandon was connecting him with critical black folks, mm-hmm. and so he had black folks on his staff. But it's also what black folks you have. That's true. Do you have black folks who are in the know? Do you have black folks uh, who are really uh, involved in this? And I dare say, so I'm going to merge this with a couple things. 
I'm going to talk about Senator Harris's criminal justice plan, but also the debate on Thursday, why all y'all here. To me, debate, Thursday night, Texas Southern University, HBCU, out of all candidates, she got to crush this thing on oh Thursday. My God, she she, got, she, she got, lost she all got, the numbers she had she from did, the first uh, debate. First I mean, yep. first of all, you're on an HBCU campus mm -hmm. in Third Ward in Houston, historically black neighborhood. That's called home feel advantage. <laughs> now, For real, they don't stack that. But here's a but here's a problem. Elizabeth Warren, bitch from the University of Houston, which is three blocks down. right down the street. You literally can look down the street and go, I can see University of Houston. So <laughs> Harris is going to, and it's, to me, she she has to crush it Thursday. Yes. Because she got to regain uh, some momentum after losing it. And so this criminal justice plan that she dropped, uh, if you're taking a look at it, your thoughts on it, because again, um, we have progressive prosecutors right now. She has to deal with her record as a prosecutor when for black women and across the board, criminal justice it's reform, not. mass incarceration yeah. is the number one issue being talked about. And yeah. you got Trump, who's touting the First Step Act. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think she's making some really good moves right here because she's not talking about just on the federal level. She's also taking it all the way down to the local level. That's a part of that plan that she has. You know, she's also saying all the right things that some uh, younger people are looking for, decriminalizing marijuana. Uh, which has just devastated our community and, and pulled so many young men and young women uh, into state prisons and sometimes even federal prisons, depending on what the set of charges were. Um, you know, folks care about the death penalty and, and making sure that that's no longer in place because we know it disproportionately impacts our communities as well. So I think she's making some, some, some good moves there. But she also was talking about, you know, the police. Uh, and making sure of training for them and, and, and accountability in that process. So, you know, she has the opportunity to help people to understand that she is broader than some of the things that they just heard about and they saw when she was in California. You know, because it's a mixed bag in California. Right. But, Melody, she has to also, look, she's going to have to own up to some mistakes that were made. Mm -hmm. And I think you got to confront it. Yeah. I think he's got to be, because at the end of the day, look, Tulsi Gabbard nailed her in the last debate on it. Oh, yeah. Her response was not strong. Was and guess what? Now that she released this criminal justice plan uh, today, yeah. and then also she's been getting nailed for the last month on her health care plan, she'll be, she'll be walking to a buzzsaw on Thursday. She better be prepared to answer directly critics of her role as a district attorney and attorney general. Yeah. And, 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 and the way I look at it, and this even goes back to even when Joe Biden was, you know, waffling on... It's okay to say that... She, so there were unintended consequences. Yeah. Right. These young people understand that. When it comes to, uh, you know, when I was you know, go, you know, in college and we were dealing with things like crack cocaine, we had a different kind of thought about it because our folks were dying and were killing people. We're in the midst things. of it. Right. But yeah. there were still unintended consequences. Right. And so you have to say, you know, you know what your record is. And, and so when you have a president who lies just, just, you know, just easy as he brushes his teeth every day, people want to see, I know, I will speak for me. I want you to be authentic. Right. I know everything I do is, is not perfect. So I don't need a perfect candidate. I need somebody I can trust. And if you know that you've, you've made a uh, misstep or an impact uh, in a way that wasn't proper, be real about that. But then say, this is what I am doing. This is what didn't work. This is what I'm planning on doing. Here's my record. 
and be real about that because at the end of the day, all you're going to get is that next person to you going to point it out anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So own whatever you see that that that, that did that. And I'm not speaking specifics because I don't have enough information to be honest about that that plan. I have not had a chance to read it. But well, first of all, she she gave the plan the preview of the New York Times mm -hmm. they're unveiling it today. Uh, but I also clear y'all versus the mm -hmm. New York Times. Y'all should have previewed it with. Uh, black media. Yeah. Well, that's another story. Uh, but again, uh, but but Avis, one of the things that again jumps out, I think, when you talk about uh, one of the things I think she should do, I think she should have her own criminal justice summit, where oh God, see, yeah. where first of all, that is your summit. You're live streaming it. You're putting it out there. People can ask questions. Uh, and and I also again, and we're going to be doing these. Mm -hmm. And I can tell y'all right now, um, I talked about doing these black men only town halls. Mm -hmm. The first candidate who said yes, Buttigieg. Mm. That's right. That's yeah, he working the now. The second yeah. candidate who said yes, Julian Castro. Mm. Now, if you are Biden, if you're Harris, if you're Sanders, now Warren also mm. said she was interested. Uh, I got to follow up. But to me, this is that, to me that's where if I'm Senator Harris, I'm looking this thing dead in the eye, Listen. and I'm taking the questions and I'm talking to those people because it. it if you cannot convince black folks on your criminal justice reform plan, it don't matter what it's some little white deal. liberal think, because you got to get your black numbers up. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is where I think she is really crippled by her staff. Yeah. She does not, she's not surrounded by the right people to give her insightful advice like what you just gave. All I got to do is watch the show. Here's the, well, <laughs> well, they need to. All I got to do is not, just... I'm just tune in. saying... Tune in. Whoever her main advisors are... These people are not, they're, they're leading her wrong. It, for, number one, I like the plan, but it, she waited too damn long to pull it out. She did. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand why it took this long for it to come out when she knows from the very day that, that she announced, that was it, was, like, it, was, it was already coordinated, these texts, and a lot of it was misinformation, to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. against her, and she never, ever addressed it, number one. Number two, I don't understand why the Tulsi thing was a surprise. She should have expected that, if not from her, from somebody, because yeah. it was out That's in the atmosphere. And number three, I, I agree. I love the idea of the summit. I was saying she could do that. She could do like a, a Philadelphia-like Obama speech where she addresses all the issues heads on, tells her side of the story, mm -hmm. tells where she went wrong, tells what she wants to do now. But the summit is even better. And then lastly, mm -hmm. I would say mm -hmm. that she does need to do something that specifically addresses black men. Yeah. Specifically addresses black men because she has a specific problem with black men. Part of it related to uh, cr the criminal justice issue. Right. But let's also be petty, okay? Mm -hmm. Part of it related to the fact that she's married to a white man. So she needs to figure out a way to connect with black men so, they, so that they see her and respect her for herself and for the candidate that she is, and not for all of this sort of vile innuendo that keeps circulating throughout social media. Deshandra, again, when I look at mm -hmm. the numbers, uh, I think... If, if, if it's number one for black women, criminal justice reform, criminal justice reform mass incarceration, if you notice number one for black men, yeah. and then you're going to have Trump run around talking about his appeal to black folks, because yeah. what Trump is... Trump knows he can't get black women, okay? He already knows that, okay? Yeah. Oh, so right. What he's trying to do is <laughs> he's trying to get 15% total black support, yeah. and what he's trying to do is to put the black male support mm -hmm. at 85% for Democrats, because last time it was ninety, it was ninety four for Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. 19, 94 for Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. and it was about eighty six, eighty seven yeah, for black men yeah. for Hillary Clinton. Right. Okay, yeah, right. it was a nine point gap. 
Also, it was a nine-point gap between black men and black women between Obama and Romney. Mm. So, this gap between black men and black women for Democrats ain't it's because real. of Trump. Yeah. It was there it's with Obama and Romney. Mm. I'm just saying, they <laughs> might want to pay attention. Your final thought on this? Well, uh, no, topic. he is definitely going after black men, and you see that with his digital spending. He realizes oh, yeah. that's an opportunity for him. He's written black women off. But, you know, when he asked um, in 16, you know, why not vote for me? What do you got to lose? Some people were looking around in the barbershops and like, yeah, what do I got to lose? You know, like, let me try something different because the Obama years didn't lift me out. You know, I'm still here. I'm still in the same place. That's one thing we have to acknowledge. You know, we cannot assume that we have a lock on the black vote. We cannot assume that he is not making overtures to black men. But going back to the criminal justice plan, it is, it's a day late yeah. and a dollar short. I mean, Biden came out with his plan. Elizabeth Warren came out on her plan. Julian Castro, you know, forget the low oh, numbers. Yeah. He's been talking he's about been on it. And he's right. had some really good things to say yeah. in debate. No one just knows who he is. But he's had some really insightful things to say. This is her Achilles heel, and she's just now addressing it? Yeah, it's crazy. Right. If you knew this was going to be a problem, that should have been one of the first policy Absolutely. things you put out of the gate. <laughs> now, of course, now you're allowed to build up. Reality is, final point here, Melody, it's a huge swath of black women who are sitting there waiting to be courted, waiting to back somebody. The race really begins after Thursday. I always yeah, say right, it, right, October right. 1, when the race began, yeah, I, I, I said, all the rest of this crap, this, this, this is preseason, this is training camp, preseason ball. <laughs> Regular season now starts after Thursday. Well, well you took my words, because I was going to say, you know, so the glass half full for, full for these candidates is, is, is post-Labor Day. The race is on. And folks gonna have to do all put on the gas, show up, be everywhere, but most importantly, be authentic and address the issues. This poll gives people a, a snapshot in time. They see where they are. These women are vote, these are black women who vote. Right? So if you yeah. if you ignore it, you know, it, it, it's free opportunity, free information for you. You know, we didn't do it for you, we did it for ourselves, so we will be clear what right. we know we want for our vote. And so, you know, ignore it at your peril. Yeah. Where can people, if they want to go read the whole thing, where can they read it? Uh, they can go to unitycampaign.org. All right. Mullen Campbell, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. All right, when we come back, folks, we're going to talk about black women, the abuse they are receiving online. That's the next Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. All right, folks, Life Lux Jazz, the experience of a lifetime delivering top-notch music in an upscale environment. Y'all got my Gerald Albright clip for me? All right, then, of course, uh, the week-long event taking place at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. Folks, it's going to be an amazing time, November 7th through the 11th. I'm going to be broadcasting Roller Martin Unfiltered that Thursday and Friday from uh, Cabo. Talk about an upscale international destination, luxury accommodations, great food, music, drink, all that good stuff, golf, 
spa, health, wellness, you name it. It's going to be a fabulous four days. And y'all know it's going to be cold by that time. So y'all want to get the hell out of them cold states. Now, you want to like this thing now because, of course, uh, tickets uh, will be sky high the later you wait. The second annual Life Lux Jazz Experience. Again, it's going to be a great uh, event there, folks, with events like the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and the Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, Jill Albright, Alex Bunyan, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalum, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. For more information, folks, visit LifeLuxJazz.com, L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-Jazz.com. It's L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. Again, uh, we're going to be broadcasting there that Thursday and Friday. Looking forward to a great time, so come on out. Uh, bring your golf clubs, and I'm going to take some of your money because y'all know how I play golf. But I'm more than happy. Uh, to beat y'all down in Cabo. So come on out. Looking forward to it. Four amazing days of jazz, food, fun. And so again, lifeluxjazz.com. All right, folks, there are a lot of good things about being able to connect with your family and friends on social media, but as we've learned recently, it can also have a downside. It's become a breeding ground for hate and division, and Donald Trump uses it to exclusively attack and bully people he doesn't agree with. A recent study showed that the most abused group of people on social media, black women and women of color, Here's a sample tweet from actress Ashley Murray in reference to 13 Reasons Why star Grace Saif, who has completely left social media. Uh, folks, uh, pull it up, please. Uh, you know, she left because, again, this is so crazy. People have been attacking Grace because of her character on a Netflix show. Uh, y'all, it's fictitious. It's fictitious. <laughs> Joining me now to talk about this is Jennifer Farmer. She's a communication strategist and founder of Spotlight PR. And so... Um, and what other ways are black women being attacked? Uh, and is it, I mean, obviously she's an actress who's responding to a show, but in what other ways are we seeing? So what we're seeing is pervasive attack. If you're a black woman and you have a social media account, if you're on Twitter, chances are you've already experienced abuse. 84% of the tweets that go to black women contain some type of abusive or harassing message. So by merely existing, the chances of you being attacked uh, have increased. The other thing that we're finding is that if you have the courage to state your opinion, you're also going to be attacked. Oh, I know that. I know that well. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. A Avis knows that well. I sure right, do. Right. And the attacks are, are vicious. So when I wrote the article for The Root, I was looking at comments sent to Senator Nina Turner, who's a 2020 co-chair for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And I mean, some of the comments to her were things that she was in, you know, a fucking idiot that she was paying, Senator, Senator Sanders was paying her to have sex with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, just brutal. Nothing yeah. about policy, but the lower they can get, that's what's happening. Right. Uh, and um, it, it's also, uh, when we talk about uh, those level of attacks, uh, crude, sexist uh, in many ways, uh, and it is hard for some people uh, to deal with this on, on every day. I mean, I know a number of people who just simply say, you know what, uh, I'm done. I, I gotta, like, just completely log off or, like Grace did, delete the account. Right. I mean, people tend to think that because of social media that there is a barrier, but all of us are human. And when you receive the level of attacks that we're seeing on social media, again, this is pervasive, it is hard not to let that impact your, your psyche. And so um, people from all walks of life are being impacted. And I think that Twitter has a responsibility to do more. And in their doing more, they can't go behind closed doors, create a solution, and then come back and say, here's what we've decided to do for you. Black women have to be a part of the solution to make Twitter and other platforms a place where they can feel comfortable expressing their opinions. Question. 
Oh my goodness. So what would you like to see Twitter do? I, I hear you saying bring black women in as part of the solution so there can be dialogue and strategy, but do you have any sort of top of mind suggestions that you think could be some easy fixes, that maybe not complete fixes, but some quick things that the organization could do even before then to start to mitigate some of these damaging Well, I'd, I'd like us to take a look at the algorithms that they're using to even flag the abuse, because I've heard many people say, look, we've reported it, they've said that it has not violated our policy, so what algorithms are they using? They also need to be more forthright with their data. The report that came out by Amnesty International said that they had been trying to get accurate information on the scope of the abuse. Even though we know it's a lot, we don't know how much, but we know that it's a lot. And so I think they need to be more forthright with that data. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was looking at actually, you know, like the article and the report, and it was showing that black women are more likely to be abused on Twitter and social media platforms. Um, and black men, it was maybe, you know, it's still higher, it was like maybe twice as much. Mm -hmm. But how do you address, again, those racial disparities? I mean, like, without violating any type of First Amendment, you know, like, issues. So to me, what's happening on Twitter reflects what we're seeing happening in the workplace, what mm -hmm. we're seeing happen in the rest of society. This is not a coincidence. I think that um, black women struggle in many respects to be given our due, to be paid what we're worth. The maternal health challenges, you know, are, um, they're staggering. And so I think what we're seeing on Twitter is a manifestation of how black women are faring and how we are perceived in other parts of, of our life. Well, I worry about online violence becoming live violence right, against real folks. Right, real-life violence. Yes, exactly. So I'm, I'm wondering if there are policies that folks on Capitol Hill um, should be moving forward on to better protect people. Um, so I'm wondering if, if, if that's a part of the plan. I think that is, that is one of the solutions that Amnesty International lifted up. But I think part of my concern is, is this registering as a the major issue that it is you know are we hearing people talking about it and pushing forth policies and my fear is that because black women and latinx women but black women to a greater degree you know we we are not receiving the protection that we should i don't know how high it's rising for some elected officials all right well jennifer farmer we shall appreciate it thanks a bunch thank you all right folks uh, now, uh, let's talk about University of Alabama. Jamie Riley, University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa's assistant vice president and dean of students, resigned last week following a Breitbart article examining his tweets on race. The article included screenshots of Riley's tweets on racism, the American flag, and the police from 2016 and 2017. Uh, these are some of the tweets right here. We have not had an opportunity to uh, talk with uh, Jamie Riley. He was executive director and COO of Alpha Phi Alpha before taking the job at the University of Alabama. It was about six months ago. Uh, and so we are certainly trying to reach out to give more information what's going on there. Also, folks, uh, sad news. Joan Johnson, who helped create one of the nation's largest black-owned companies, has died. She co-founded Johnson Products the pioneering black hair care company, which made products that we all use, like Ultrasheen, Afrosheen. She died Friday in Chicago after a long illness. She was 89 years old. She started Johnson Products Company in Chicago in 1954 with her husband, George. They took a $250 investment and turned it into a multi-million dollar company, which became the first black-owned company to be traded on the American Stock Exchange. Uh, Johnson's uh, family describes her as an advocate for women. She was a trustee at Spelman College, uh, according to her obituary, and her family plans to continue her legacy uh, by supporting the school with an annual scholarship. 
Uh, she was also known for her sense of style and was a sponsor and organizer of the Congressional Black Caucus's uh, fashion show. She survived by her husband, George, and their four children, as well as her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. She certainly will be missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with her and the family and all who loved her. All right, y'all, so uh, I was on social media today. This is our last story, and I always get a kick out of certain things that we see. And so I, I came across this tweet, which has actually been uh, quite hilarious. Uh, so uh, a, a buddy of mine, Clarence uh, uh, Hill, uh, he actually responded uh, to this. And so uh, let, let me find this tweet, y'all. So the, the tweet was dealing with the issue of, uh, the issue with, hold on, the issue of, um, of course, uh, dates. So this sister sent a tweet out. And y'all, I, I cracked up laughing when I saw it. Uh, and so I want to ask you, want to get y'all thoughts on this, because I said, you know what? Okay, so who's who, who's here married who's single? I'm single. I'm single. Single, <laughs> single, oh, okay. single. Mustafa, Mustafa you, you married? I'm everything. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Damn, I don't know how you can be everything. <laughs> all right, all right. So, all right. why we have problems with dates. So I saw this tweet, and I was like, wow. So, okay, so this sister, uh, Yalista Jean-Charles, she tweeted, this man asked me out to coffee. I don't do coffee dates. Told him I do coffee for business meetings and with friends. Happy to get coffee with you as friends. His next message, I'm asking me, asking me to dinner proper. Men know they just want to see if they can lowball you first. Mm. Now, what's interesting is the responses were a trip. Okay, you had men and women who were like, okay, some people agree, some people disagree. Seriously? I think that's a little crazy. <laughs> like, so for me, I think coffee is safe. You don't know yeah. if you're going to enjoy the dinner date. So why would you want to sit across from someone that you may not have a good time. But at coffee, you drink your cup of coffee, all right, and then you have an exit plan. It's a natural exit plan, so. I agree with that. I want to know a little yeah. bit more about all this because I believe in shoot your best shot. Like, did you already know her? Were you just asking her out? No, no, you know, no, she has a point. I mean, it, it, somebody she met going out. It's, it's, it's a dinner date. Uh, Clarence Hill, he tweeted, wrong. Coffee is a great first date. Allows you time to talk and get to know someone, see if there's chemistry, bad take. Uh, my boy, Nui Scruggs, he went there. He said, you got to earn dinner. Better take that coffee and show some potential. Uh, and then people... Uh, and so the... But... Uh, and so the, this, this whole idea of starting low to me is... See, I'm with you on this one, okay? Coffee, it can be quick, mm -hmm. okay? It's easy. First of all, you know if it's typically morning, yo, look, at best, I got 45 minutes exactly. on hour, okay? Exactly. I had this one sister, she tweeted, she said, look, I ain't trying to put the makeup on and all that sort of stuff, and then it's a horrible date as well. So, I don't... So, so this idea of men are lowballing because it's a cheap date because it's coffee, first of all, what what's the point of the date? Is it the expense being uh, shelled out, or is it to get to know the person See, I'm across from? When I was a young journalist, I would be like, where are you taking me to dinner? Because you know what? I wasn't making enough. Like, I want that free meal. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say this. When I was young and cute, you take me to dinner. You know, you take me to dinner. When I was so, young Hold on, hold on, stop right there. You hold take up. me to dinner. So, <laughs> you were like, I want to go to dinner because I need a free meal. So that was your motive. When I was 23 in New so, York. So, you, so your motive again. wasn't about, let me get to know this person. The motive I was... I you as you're buying me some some food and we sitting down and talking. Santiago, that's that bullshit right there. <laughs> See, it ain't, it ain't about... No, 
said, wasn't about y'all want to get to know you. I'm hungry. Right. Uh, and feed me. Yeah, feed me well. You should just have, a, you know, an initial uh, opportunity to get to know each other, and then if it progresses, then you move forward. It, it's really that simple, especially yeah. now. You know, people just want to, you know, uh, dip their toe in the water. And then if they feel like they really know somebody and they see something else, then they'll go a little bit further. Absolutely. You know, at this stage of my life, I'm not trying to waste time. I'm serious. I'm not trying to. And typically, you can find out, I believe, mm -hmm. in the first five, ten minutes whether there's any right. chemistry there. Absolutely. So why, do, honestly, and I've actually had, like, a girlfriend call me to help me get out of a dinner date. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Exit please, go to the bathroom, like, please call me. And right. Yo, I, I, I can't. <laughs> First of all, I'm with you on that. I remember, uh, I remember, <laughs> yo, straight up. I was at a jazz club, uh, and I met this sister there, and I'm already, I'm like, okay, all right, okay, I'm trying to sit here and work with this. But what really did, what really did it for me when she got to go to bed, she said, okay, I'm going, she said, I got to go pee. And I was like, really? This is over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was done when she came back. Not, I go to the ladies' room. Right. Right. I was kind of like, um. <laughs> she just put it all out. You're like, I need a right. big See, if that was coffee, <laughs> you know what? I gotta get to this meeting. See, that's, see, I'm sorry. But the who's coffee. To say, who's is, to say coffee can't evolve into something more? It that's can. the point. Yeah, it's like that's why I don't understand. It's a screening mechanism. Exactly. It's a why is she tripping Absolutely. on? It gotta be a dinner. But now right. she got the dinner. She didn't settle. She got her dinner. She getting her free. Nah, he punked out. He punked out. I, see, my, see, my, see, my deal would be, I'm gonna put the coffee out there to actually see what your response is. Yeah. Because here's the thing: you can have wonderful dates without spending one dime. Especially here in Washington D.C., we have Sustained. all these amazing, beautiful, free museums. I mean, that's like one of my favorite places to go. You don't have to spend a dime for that. And so, to me, this thing about, well, you know. It, it has to be at a certain level of money exchange for it to be a good date. It's just right. complete fiction. Yeah. Well, the other deal is this here. Um, well, first of all, I think I think the museum thing is like a fifth or a sixth date. That's true because it's hard. Because I, I ain't trying to be with your ass <laughs> <laughs> at the national at, at, at the black museum and we on the second floor and we got eight floors <laughs> left. <laughs> You know, I ain't trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, right. I'm trying to ditch your ass if, if it's just ain't there. That's the reflecting that's, pool. You gonna head out? That's why. Nah, that's, okay. that's why. That's why I think the coffee. But I, first of all, responses like this to me really reveals the person's motive. Mm. I think because at the end of the day, to me, a date is to get to know the person. That's what it's about. It does, so, it does, so to me, it's not a matter of whether it's coffee, whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, whether we meet for drinks or whatever. It's actually to get to know the person. If you are trying to place a monetary value on this encounter, where no, it's got to be this, and I got to see what he's spending. Because first, because first, what happened? I don't know your ass. What happened to Dutch? Oh, well, well, I'm not hey, going that well, far. let's not yeah, go. Let's, let's not, not go that. Oh, hold up. Oh, oh, no, 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 what, what? Oh, oh, not with. Dead, okay. I, hey, hey, I, 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 I don't know. know you that well. You know what? Y'all see how to respond when you go through our Dutch. Yeah, that's. I thought y'all strong, powerful. I got my own thing, black women. What's up? That's how. Okay, go ahead, Deshondra. Go ahead. Uh huh. You know what? Let me talk.
tell you what I like about dinner because you're sitting there uninterrupted. I'm not saying you have to go to Le Cirque or Le Diplomat, but just go somewhere and have a nice meal and talk to someone. Now, if I'm going, like, if I'm doing online dating, yeah, maybe then first encounter, the first time we're meeting, we'll sit down for coffee just so I can fill you out and make sure you ain't crazy. But I'm sorry, I do like being courted. I, yeah, I like being courted. I like I chivalry. I think it's a problem if the first date and the second date and the third date he's trying to do coffee. Now, yeah, after now that that's second date, right. no, yeah. that, that's an issue. Well, absolutely. the beauty yeah. of working in nature and the climate and the environment, I used to actually take folks and we would walk along the water so mm -hmm. we could that's, actually that's talk. That's a nice day. And I could figure out what your vibe was. Yeah. And then yeah. if your vibe was that we want to take this to the next level, then nice dinner, mm -hmm. play, whatever it might so what be. What the hell you concert. bring? Bottle of water? What you <laughs> I mean, you know. We were walking and talking, bro. Did we you, walking I mean, and damn. Did you, I was like, what? Yeah, did, and did, you know, you can grab some ice bars. cream or you can get something else. No, there was, actually, there was no food involved. It was about getting to know the person, feeling their energy, and, you know, and I know, you all not about to have it's about the whole it's about to be a whole bunch of negro environmentalists <laughs> right now it's about to be a whole bunch of cats who are going to be into the environment after santiago santiago made his point like yeah i can just go in we just right. hey we just going to walk no i'm right. i'm an environmentally conscious brother <laughs> i don't necessarily so I, I would rather not i would rather not deal with straws and deal with paper and those products and so maybe you could bring your swell bottle with you and fill it up so we could be environmentally conscious then we can walk. So it's fitness and the environment together. <laughs> See, you know, you know some players right now are watching like, hold up, Papa, that's a good one. I can work that one. It's like, I can work that one. Yeah, okay, uh-huh, all right. I see what your game is. Uh-huh, right. He's like, I ain't spending the damn thing. We walking. <laughs> Let me tell you, that works. I can tell you right now, that's gonna work. That will work with women. That's Avis fell for that yeah. bullshit. Look at her. She <laughs> fell for it. Y'all, he said, we're gonna take a walk. I'm gonna drop some poetry at the end. She could be like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty, Mustafa. What you got? Yeah. All right, all right. So uh, I want to hear what y'all got to say about that. So please uh, hit me with uh, some. Okay, on YouTube, they're saying Dutch first date. Uh, somebody said, you ain't coming to my home. Uh, uh, stop by the food cart for a taco. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Sylvia, man, sister can't get good coffee? Damn. Uh, let's see. Uh, damn, okay, this one dude here, you know, he don't give it. You know, he uh, totally unfiltered. Black women are too obese for restaurants. Take them to all-you-can-eat oh buffet so you know how much it costs Ooh. up front. Oh, he ain't getting no dates. Bishop Eddie, that's why you probably lonely as hell right there. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's best to be single and just have friends. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody said, hell, Mustafa, we walking. <laughs> and let's see, uh, not on the fifth date. Okay, uh, Angie B said, take me to Olive Garden. Okay, you want them breadsticks, <laughs> huh? I see. Uh, and let's see, uh, let's see what we got here. Somebody said, dinner, $100 is your limit. Damn. I can do that. That will work. $100 will work. Your bougie ass right there. Yeah, okay. $100? You ain't going to take the Cirque over there. What? Rossica. See, right there. You know? Right there. Y'all, take the Chandra the red, the red Lobster, please. No. I eat there, no. too. Because she tripping. No, Go no. get them cheese biscuits. No, don't, don't do check. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that, that's interesting. I want to get hear y'all responses on Periscope, Facebook, uh, and uh, YouTube as well. So, all right, we are done. I'm going to see you guys tomorrow.
Don't forget to support our uh, Bring the Funk fan club. Go to rollermarkunfiltered.com. You can, uh, of course, support us via pa Cash App, PayPal, and Square as well. All your contributions go, making this show possible. Don't forget, this week I'll be broadcasting in Houston Wednesday and Thursday. Democratic debate takes place at Texas Southern University on Thursday, so we'll be there. And then, of course, uh, we'll also be broadcasting uh, from... Uh, CBC uh, on Friday, and so we got that. We got some events taking place tomorrow as well. Uh, the CBC, they have their uh, commemoration of uh, 1619-2019 taking place, so we'll be there shooting that, and then we'll also be uh, live-streaming uh, the release of the Black Women's Roundtable. They got a report they're dropping, so we have that as well. So we got a packed week, so we want you to support what we do. Again, join our Bring the Funk fan club. We sure appreciate it. Thank you so very much. All right, folks, I got to go. I'll see you tomorrow. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.